We've been using our clothesline for a little more than three years now, so we sort of feel like we understand how it works and when it doesn't work so well. Welcome to Longleaf Breeze, subsistence farmers using three simple principles, approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it, and we don't make all misstatements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian, and welcome to our podcast of October 24, 2013. In addition to our usual garden update that we want to give you later on in the podcast, we thought we'd focus on talking about the use of a clothesline what we've learned about how to do it well. And as you said in the introductory statement, we've also learned about when it doesn't work so well. We both remember when our families got their first clothes dryer. So we have clear memories of using a clothesline exclusively to dry clothes when we were children. That's right. And I've talked to a lot of people who have those memories too. There's nothing like the smell of your sheets and the linens that have been dried on the clothesline. There's that fresh air that circulates through. Um, and I do have clear memories of my mother going out with the laundry basket and, you know, hanging. It was, and it's usually not a plastic basket. It was one of those wicker baskets, which would be very picturesque these days. Um, and I know she did a whole lot more ironing, too. So maybe that went with the territory, sprinkling and had the little clothes sprinkler and ironing. Totally different way of doing laundry. And of course, we supposedly, we got modernized. We got our first washer and dryer, I'm sure. And as soon as we got those dryers, both our families stopped using the clothesline completely. And we got away from using a clothesline for about 50 years. That's right. And I didn't mean to say we got our first washer in the you know 50 years ago what i was was going to say the first set you know because used to people just had a washing machine no clothes dryer but i'll never forget the image of that first matching set that we had um living when we moved back to alabama when i was around eight years old um and we thought we had come up in the world and we had and we heard all about the 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 advertising line from Madison Avenue was how much time we would save by using the dryer. And now that we've been through this a little bit, we're sort of skipping ahead, but you save a little time with a dryer, but it doesn't save you as much time as you might think. Well, and it's it's the way you're using your time. Yes, it takes longer to hang out clothes, but... I'm very much a slave to the dryer when I put, especially if it's something like my shirts that I don't want to wrinkle or a nice pair of slacks or shorts. I have to, you know, sometimes I'm saying, okay, I'd really like to go out there and work in the yard or I need to leave the house and go somewhere, but I don't want to do it while those clothes are going to be sitting there in the dryer after that. I need to be there to take them out. Now I can hang those things on the line, go off and leave, and as long as I get them down before it rains or before nightfall, I'm fine. So we've basically had to learn to use the clothesline all over again, but we have done that. We started in July of 2010, and we've sort of developed an instinct about when to hang clothes out and when not to. Yeah, you can't wait till nightfall, or you can't say, I do all my laundry on, on, laundry on Friday nights. It has to be 
early in the day or you get started early in the day so you can take advantage of the sunlight. And the time of year makes a difference too because on the long days, which unfortunately are leaving us now, um, you can, if you hang them out at noon, they're probably going to get dry in plenty of time on a sunny day. But now as the days are growing shorter, I'm having to be pretty targeted about it. Right. Each morning, just our regular routine is we check the forecast to see what we should be able to do that day. And, of course, we're checking not just for today but several days ahead and sort of planning out the week. But we know to take advantage of those good drying days like the one we had yesterday, for example, when we had sunny skies all day long, a gentle breeze blowing, and very low humidity, that's a, an ideal drying day. So that's the day when we say, okay, we're going to do laundry. Yet that requires being somewhat flexible and responsive to the weather, but it works well for us. That's right. And we're lucky enough that um, our washing machine, well, it's not just luck. We chose it in, um, intentionally. We wanted a washing machine uh, front loader that would wring those clothes extra dry so that there's a lot less drying to be done when they get to the line. It doesn't take as long as you might think for them to dry on the line. Typically, you know, unless it's just got a lot of moisture in it, an hour or two of good sunlight and a gentle breeze will dry most anything. Or a stiff wind. The only thing is a stiff wind can also blow things off. So, But I have, I've used stiff wind days, too, and they've been just fine. True, but yeah, you're right. The, the stiff wind is, you've got two problems. It's a little harder to get the clothes on the line because they tend to fly around on you. And you also have to be extra careful to clip them securely. Um, I've had an opportunity to see how people, how our experience colors our use of the clothesline when I went to a 10-day meditation experience and we did not have a dryer. So these fellows, it was all men, were trying to use a clothesline. I was experienced using a clothesline, so I knew when to put clothes on it. But several of them were not, so I would watch them hang their clothes out at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, say, or with a heavy thundercloud overhead, thinking, no, that's not going to work out well. But And sure enough, it didn't. They ended up with wet clothes. Um, but it's just, you know, you sort of do it for a while, and you don't even have to think about when to do it. You just know. Yes, and I've tried out, outsmarting the system. The other day I hung some clothes out when it was... Um, cloudy, and I guess there was a lot of moisture in the air. I don't know, but those clothes didn't dry all day, so I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have done that, and I ended up hanging them in the laundry room. That's a good point. That uh, here, although we say we're sort of know when to do it, every now and then we stub our toe. We don't. Yeah. We do it wrong. I think I was just overly anxious to get those clothes washed. Okay, that could be. <laughs> uh, we've also learned that clothespins will deteriorate in the weather. Um, we always take our clothespins in whenever we're not using them, so they, they last a long time. Um, we, they stay in a bag that hangs on the clothesline, and that seems to work real well. That's right. And, and um, we've had some experiences. I know when you were growing up, you had some uh, clothespins that stayed on the line, and they all turned yeah, they Brown get splintered. And they rusted. And they, and yeah, it's just they don't well don't wear well in the weather. So uh, it just works better for us to go ahead and take them in every time, and it's not that much trouble. 
We've talked a little bit about the the time-consuming nature of it. Hanging out socks, for example, yes, that takes longer than it would to stick them in the dryer, but you're saving a lot of energy that way. The other thing is it may take more time to hang the clothes out, but I found that when they, it's less time-consuming to fold them than it is pulling them out of a dryer. That's right, because they're already stretched out. They're already mm -hmm. ready to yeah. fold. You don't have to flop them out or anything. They're just ready to fold, yeah. and that works out um, well. And it's very pleasant work to hang clothes out on the line and to take them off the and line. And on a nice day, I like being outside, so it's all good. And you may think, oh, but what do you do when it starts to rain? But on those days when we are caught by a thunderstorm, chances are we didn't hang clothes out on that day anyway. We sort of know what kind of day it's going to be. It's rare for us to get caught with clothes on the line and rain falling. It just where we tend to to use it on the days when we're not going to get rain. Now, if you're in a region of the country where there are whole seasons when you get rain every day, uh, we feel your pain. I don't know what to tell you other than maybe you'll need to dry your clothes inside during that season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was telling you as we reminisced about this about my years of living in Germany and also England. We had a really nice, and the, when I lived in England in the, in the house, Daniel house, we didn't have an outside clothesline at all, but we found that we could hang them on a, we constructed a, or someone did a, a line in the laundry room where it got nice and hot because of all the, the steam heat down there and uh, in the wintertime, that is, and our clothes dried overnight. So there are ways to make, do with a more interior environment for drying. And we probably should mention that there are there have been plenty of cold, wet winter days when we have brought one of those racks in here in the apartment with the wood stove. Oh, yes. And things dry really fast. It does, yeah. It's it's easy. And of course, the main reason we're doing this to save energy and it also saves money because it costs a lot less on your electric bill. And I think we've already talked enough about this, but basically we stopped use we started using drip irrigation at the same time we stopped using the electric clothes dryer. And our electric bill changed almost uh, didn't didn't really change much at all. So in my mind, we hang out clothes to pay for drip irrigation. Yeah, because... And that's a um, good trade as far yeah, as we're concerned. Because the, the well pump is, is powered by electricity, so that's good the connection. Point. Yeah, I yeah. needed to clarify um, it's that. It's not the water, it's the electricity that, right. the, that the water pump uses. So let's talk some about how the clothes feel. The, the, other than the time, the other issue that people seem to have about clothesline is they don't like the way they think the clothes are going to feel. And the main thing... Maybe they're undershirts and a t-shirt, a cotton t-shirt, um, and also towels. Towels is the, probably the big one. For that reason, and because I'm trying to be considerate of other people who don't like the rougher feeling of the towels, when I'm washing towels for our lake place or the lodge, where I know uh, the main consumers of those towels will be guests and other people, I put those in the dryer. And, and, and I have found ways even to shortcut that. I'll just put them in the dryer if I have a big load of them for just a shorter period of time and you can still have them finish on the line and they're soft. Um, so that's, that's one way to do it. 
and I, I continue to chafe at that. We have a difference of opinion about how that should work. But when you are married to a woman who identifies hospitality as her spiritual gift, you are not going to argue with her about how to care for her guest, and I haven't tried. Thank you. And as far as sheets, those actually, to me, feel the best and work the best if they've been dried outside. Um, with the type of cotton sheets that we use, most people just um, have no problem at all with that. We've also found that co- clothes last longer. Um, delicates, I don't... That is, when we hang them on the line. On the line, right. Um, delicates certainly would fall into that category and, and did for me before we even moved here and, and started use, using the clothesline. Um, but it's if anything with any kind of spandex or synthetic material... Um, Dryers are, are pretty rough on clothes, so it's prolonged the use of our clothing and the and way... And it has allowed me to continue to use my prized T-shirts for longer oh, periods of time. So. Yes. I don't know that it, you will see a close-up <laughs> of any of the T-shirts he was hanging on the line in the, in the picture that is on our show notes page, but I will tell you that the work, quote-unquote, work T-shirts that he wears, many of them are rather ragged along around the edges and... Um, I don't really and still have years of good wear. Yes, in thanks them. to the fact we don't put them in the dryer, right? <laughs> <laughs> so we we are. It's obviously a a positive report. We love using the clothesline. We commend it to you. I know that there are those of you who cannot use a clothesline because you have some kind of ordinance or covenant that prohibits your using that. Uh, just know that. All of those are going to go by the wayside. We'll all be using clotheslines fairly soon anyway. Um, But if you can't, um, perhaps that's something that you can begin having some conversation about. But um, we love it, it, and we think you will too. And in the meantime, the indoor options certainly work well, as we've talked about. We invested in a couple of drying racks, and they work great. So, um, and you know, I have had days that I had to desperate, I was desperate to wash a load of clothes, put them in the dryer because it was rainy, cold for a week at a time. Well, you know, I'm, if it's a, a load of t-shirts that aren't going to dry very easily on a drying rack, I have, I've weakened in a few moments, but I try not to. So enough about the clothesline. Tell us about what's going on on Veg Hill. Well, there's some good and there's some bad. Uh, the, the first bit of I would say it's not bad news, but it's it's reacting to something we reported about last week. Um, the fact that I not only had to struggle with tomato hornworms here at the end of the season, but also now tomato fruit worms and, and also stink bugs that seem to be omnipresent out there in my garden. I finally just had enough and took the tomato plants out. So that I can plant other things. So, so they're now gone. we have windowsills filled with gr- tomatoes yes. that are green but <laughs> becoming more red. That's so. what I did before I took them out is I harvested all the tomatoes that look healthy on them. And like you said, they're green, but I've got them um, stashed here and there around the apartment, hoping that they will eventually get to the point we can eat them. And the ones that were that I harvested the other day that were just so far, they had, you know, bad enough spots that I thought, okay, these are not going to ripen before they go bad. I, we cut those up and had our delightful stir fry with yeah, they were great. green tomatoes mixed in with other vegetables. So uh, that's the tomato situation. Uh, pumpkins and squash, there's actually a pumpkin forming. I planted my pumpkins very late this year and, um, 
thought, you know, I don't really need them for Halloween. I'm doing this so I can cook some pumpkin and eat it. So I'm okay with that as long as it has a chance to get right before it gets too cold. Um, there's some new butternut squash forming. We harvested yet another yellow squash the other day. So um, that was good. Got a, a little bit of a resurrection on the peas. I might have mentioned earlier that our peas had aphids, our field peas. Well, now the aphids seem to have gone away. They're not a problem anymore. And I've actually, we fixed black-eyed peas for supper two nights ago. Sure, we're good. I know. So uh, a little bit of a, a stay of execution on the peas. I'm still getting green beans, but I finally identified the bad bugs that have taken to liking, in fact, I think we talked about them last year, that I just, I mean, last week, that I just noticed these new bugs on my beans, and you said, well, they might actually be good. I thought, no, probably not. They're not good. They're kudzu bugs. And that's a new pest here in Alabama. As of 2009, it's when in North Carolina they first started writing about seeing it, and now we're seeing them here this year. Um, So we'll try to uh, keep you informed about what we're going to do about it, what we can do about it, and maybe give an update next week about that. Um, the other bad news is that the brassicas I put out, we got delayed in putting our row cover over it, which was a big mistake because it allowed the pests to go ahead and get, you know, to infest those those um, vegetables. I'm while talking they about, were young and tender. Yes, while they were, well, as a matter of fact, even if some of them are putting on size, I can't put a row cover over it now because they have um, cabbage worms, which are bad news. We already knew that we had grasshopper problems, but the cabbage worms are in there laying their eggs and um, leaving scat, and it's just a real problem. So I'm going to start over with a new bed of some uh, newly purchased uh, transplants of brassicas and cover those immediately and just hope that maybe we can bounce back with what's out there. So, um, you know, cabbage worms, kudzu bugs, those are our two new bad pests of the week. Out on the orchard, we are just about finished with the muscadines now, although we still have some bronze muscadines that are ripening on the vine, and we're still picking a few each day and enjoying them. So, here we are, uh, as October comes to a close, still enjoying muscadines. And about the only fruit we have left uh, other than that are a fig here and there and our Asian persimmons that are just luscious. We love those persimmons and will look forward eagerly to future years when we can have a lot more of them. Right, and um, we've had a really productive fruit harvest this year compared to the past. We know that our trees are young. And so we're being optimistic about the future that we'll have even more and more. Well, thanks so much for joining us this week. We hope you have a good one for next week, and we will catch up with you then. You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Our address is P.O. Box 780-446, Tallahassee, Alabama, 36078. Visit us at longleafbreeze.com to learn more about the farm, to browse our archive, and to look over our planting database. You can also read the daily farm log and check in with Lee and Amanda. That's longleafbreeze.com.